0: Hey friend, welcome to the Good Gets Better podcast. I'm your host, Amber Vreeland, and on today's episode, I'm gonna be talking about why it is so important that you are careful what you think about and also the transforming power that Jesus has over any void that you are experiencing in your life. But before we get into that, let's take a second and pray together. Dear Lord, Thank you for another day. Lord, every day is a day that you have made. You have planned out even our most mundane days so intentionally from the beginning of time. And so whatever we face today, even if it's difficult or even if it's boring, Lord, you have a plan for today and you're teaching us something today. And you decided that today is important to you and important to us. So Lord, I pray that we would honor you today. And God, every single one of us struggles with worrying and stressing and maybe even just overthinking things. And so Lord, I pray today that you would help guide us in our thoughts and help us to take our thoughts captive when they're not honoring you. And we all have voids. We all have something that we are lacking. We all have something that we are praying for and believing for. And so Lord, we just, we release those to you because you are the one that satisfies every single need. And Lord, even if we have nothing, but if we have you, we have everything. So fill our hearts and satisfy us today, God, because that's what you do best. You give us peace and rest from everything we experience, whether good or bad. And so we're leaning into that today. We're leaning into you. And we love you, Lord. We give this week to you in Jesus' name. Amen. So can you say confidently that you allow Jesus to be Lord over your life every day? Even I fail to do this sometimes. I think everybody fails on certain days to allow Jesus to have control because we as humans are constantly thinking about our plans and how great we think that our plans are if God only allowed it to go that way. (laughs) But he has such better plans for us than we have for ourselves. And it's hard for us to grasp that because we're human, but he does. And I'm gonna touch a little bit on idolizing because sometimes our lack and our voids can become an idol in our life. Because if we believe that we need a certain thing to happen in order for us to be happy, then that thing has become an idol. And that can be another person. That could be a goal that you have or a desire you want. It could be so many different things. If anything becomes something that you feel that you need in order to be joyful or at peace with your life, and that thing is not God, then that thing has become an idol. But when you allow Jesus to be number one over your mind and your heart, that's when you experience freedom from the weight of your voids. Because with Jesus, it doesn't mean that your voids and lacks just disappear, but it does mean that he will give us peace within that because he takes that weight from our shoulders. And he satisfies us with peace. And on top of that, he cares about what we care about and gives us really cool gifts. And the deal is, is that if you get exactly what you want, but Jesus isn't in it, then you will be left unsatisfied and that void will still be there. Because apart from Jesus, there is no peace. There is no true satisfaction. It's only temporary without Jesus. Because he's the source of it. So you may be wondering, when does something become an idol in your life? Well, Tim Keller states in his book, Counterfeit Gods, that an idol is anything more important to you than God, anything that absorbs your heart and imagination more than God, and anything that you seek to give you what only God can give. And then Romans 1 verse 21 through 23 says, For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things and a writer from Crossway, the well-known Bible-producing company, said this about that passage. The root sin is the failure to value God above all things, so that he is not honored and praised as he should be. Human beings are foolish, not in the sense that they are intellectually deficient, but in their rejection of God's lordship over their lives. They knew God not in a saving sense, but they knew of his existence and his attributes. God designed humans where he had to be the number one thing that we value above everything else. So whenever we put something else on that pedestal in our lives, we are literally fighting against our very human design that God put together at the beginning of time. So things are bound to go wrong. We are bound to be affected in negative ways. Matthew 6 verse 24 says, No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. Thinking of someone or something more than you should creates a godlike image of them in your mind and whatever is at the forefront of your mind and attention most often has the most power over you so what are you going to allow to have that power our thoughts literally impact everything that we do and say hebrews 3 verse 1 says to fix your thoughts on Jesus. And then Colossians 3 verse 2 says, fix your thoughts on things above, not on earthly things. And the King James version of that verse says, set your affection on things above, not on things of the earth. And affection is defined as a feeling of caring or fondness towards someone or something. And then the word fix means to make fast, firm, or stable. God knows that we have weak minds and our thoughts continually stray to our worries and frustrations and stresses and even our desires and temptations. But during those moments, that's when Jesus wants us to fix and stabilize and set our thoughts on him and things that honor him. And that's why scripture says to fix and to set our thoughts, because God knew that our thoughts would continually stray away. He knew that they would need to be fixed and redirected. And so we need to be quick to recognize when our thoughts are straying away so that we are able to fix them, because we aren't able to fix anything if we don't know that there's a problem. But it's when you recognize that there is an issue that you're able to then come up with a solution and you're able to do something about it. And by focusing on the things that Jesus wants us to focus on and filling our minds with good things, our actions will reflect that. Matthew 6 verse 21 through 23 says, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light that you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. And I love that verse because that also means that the content that we consume on a daily basis, and anything that we follow, anything that influences us, makes an impact on us. Our eyes are a lamp for our body, and so if we're filling our eyes with dark things, scary movies, and things that ultimately don't fill us with light, it's going to affect us. (laughs) And that's such a, it's a difficult thing, because I watched a true crime movie the other day, and I was intrigued. I wanted to know what happened and, and it was a popular movie, so I was curious as to why it was and I went ahead and I watched it and afterwards, it affected me so much. I found that I had anxiety and I was nervous all of a sudden and when I tried to go to sleep, I had to actively, continually shift my thoughts back to positive things because it was hard to rest when I had that story sitting in the back of my mind. Ultimately, what you fill your mind with is important. And that doesn't just mean your thoughts, but it also means what you're watching, what you're allowing yourself to look at. Like what kind of people do you follow on social media? And if your closest friends make an impact on you and your character, as science tells us, then so does that content that you consume the stuff that you watch most often. If you're watching a bunch of videos and movies and TV shows where people are swearing, you are far more likely to build a habit of swearing because the more that you watch it, the more it normalizes that for yourself, even though it's not what God would want us to do. And I used to think that that stuff didn't affect me and that I could go ahead and get away with it and it wouldn't bother me or anything like that, but I saw that it did. The more that I watched content that was either dark and mysterious or had a lot of swearing in it and just ultimately wasn't a good example, I found that throughout my day I would almost slip up and throw out a swear word or it just affected my actions in a way that I didn't expect. And it doesn't mean that every once in a while you can't Watch something like that, but it does mean to be mindful of what you are consuming and how much you're consuming it. And scripture talks a lot about heavenly thinking versus fleshly thinking. Romans 8 verse 6 says, The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. So if we allow ourselves to think about whatever we want to think about, it leads to death. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. Crazy. (laughs) And then it continues in Romans 8, verse 7 through 8, saying, "...for this sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws, and it never will." That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. And then Philippians 3 verse 18 through 19 says, Many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction, their God is their stomach, and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things. So if your mind is on earthly things and what you want to think about and what is trendy and very common in this culture, then it makes you an enemy of Jesus. It makes your destiny destruction, and it makes it so that you are incapable of pleasing God or obeying him because Jesus isn't trendy. You don't see more people living for God than living for earth or themselves. We live in such a selfish culture where it's all about doing whatever you want and following your own dreams and you do you. It's it's wild, but we're not meant to follow ourselves in our own way because if we are sinful and we make mistakes all the time, then why would I want to follow myself? no. I would not want to follow myself because I make stupid decisions. (laughs) That's why it's so important that we follow God and follow in his ways. And it is so important for us to be careful what we think about and what we fill our minds with. Second Corinthians 10 verse 5 says to take every thought captive to make it obedient to Christ. The only way that we can experience life and peace in its fullness is by letting the Holy Spirit guard our minds and our hearts so that we have the self-control and the understanding to be able to take our thoughts captive, to shift them and redirect them. And if we don't have the Holy Spirit guarding our minds, then we won't recognize that there's a problem. The Holy Spirit helps us to recognize when our thoughts are straying away from what they should be and to then be able to course correct. And thankfully, we're given a guideline of what we should think about in Scripture. In Philippians 4 verse 8, it says, Whatever is true, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy. Think about such things. So, what does that look like? It looks like remembering that our feelings are not facts. They are not truth. Our emotions cannot be trusted, but God's word can. And to work as though we are working for the Lord and dedicate everything that we do on a daily basis to God, because then He can bless our work and multiply everything we do. He is our ultimate boss and our ultimate leader. And it says, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think of such things. So even if you're having a bad day, a lot of the times when we say we're having a bad day, it's because something happened for about five minutes at one point and we've milked that all day. But if we are experiencing a lot of difficulties, a lot of battles, this tells us to Focus on anything that we have to be grateful for, anything that we have that can bring joy, to shift our thoughts back on that thing. Because the more that we think about the things that we are upset about or disappointed in, the more we are allowing the enemy to win. And that doesn't mean that grieving is bad, because we are allowed to grieve, but just to be careful of how long we do that and Making sure that we don't put that disappointment up on a pedestal, like we were talking about earlier, because you don't want that to affect your relationship with God. You're allowed to be sad. John 11 verse 35 says, Jesus wept. All Jesus wants you to know is that he is there and he is faithful and he loves you. So even though you're sad or you're going through something, he is going to be there And He's going to help you get through it. And He's also going to provide good things and things that you can be excited about. Because He is continually working on blessings for us, which is incredible. He's just such a good God. And He cares about you. He's not going to leave you in your valley. He's going to find another mountaintop for you. And when we truly know that God loves us and is faithful and trustworthy, It makes room for perfect peace. And then perfect peace makes room for joy. When you're going through something, God doesn't expect you to just always be joyful. But if you allow his peace to take over your heart in the midst of your battle, it makes room and opportunity for you to be able to smile and laugh about things because you know that God has you. And He's going to get you through it. Isaiah 26 verse 3 says, You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. So not only does Jesus promise to give us peace and rest and take the weight off of our shoulders, and that's one of the ways that He provides for us and satisfies our voids. But he also provides people and opportunities in our lives to fill those voids too. He answers our prayers and gives us the desires of our hearts. So just because you haven't seen the breakthrough yet doesn't mean that it's not going to come. It could be just around the corner. Literally, it could be an hour away. It could be 10 minutes away. It could be a week away. (laughs) Psalm 37 verse 4 says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. The only call to action that scripture tells us to do is to delight in the Lord. And what does delighting in someone look like? Delighting in someone looks like thinking of them and spending time with them. And that's all He wants us to do. And then everything else will fall into place according to his timing. Matthew 6 verse 33 says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and he will give you everything you need. And I'm going to finish off with two things. (laughs) The first thing is one of my favorite quotes from John Mark Comer. The question we should be constantly asking as followers of Jesus isn't actually what would Jesus do? A more helpful question is what would Jesus do if he were me? That is such a good question because what would Jesus do is great, but what would Jesus do if he were me is even more impactful to me because It's thinking about what would Jesus do if he were in your job, if he were in your position, if he were in your school, if he were in your family, in your battle, what would Jesus do if he were you? Colossians 3 verse 15 says, Let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. And I love at the end how it says always be thankful because something that I actually talked about in one of my first episodes on the podcast is there's a scientific fact where if you're in the middle of praise and gratitude, it's impossible for you to also be thinking about what you are worried and stressed about because the part of your brain that has gratitude is the same part of your brain that has worry and stress. So if you're more focused on what it is that you're thankful for, it makes it so that you are not able to be worried or stressed at the same time, which is so cool because God knew that when he designed us. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope that it has been an encouragement for you and... This podcast is also available on YouTube now, which is really cool. I would super appreciate it if you rated this podcast and make sure to follow so you can stay up to date for whenever a new episode drops. I hope you have an awesome week and I'll chat with you again next Monday. And just remember, when you focus on the good and when you focus on God, the good gets better.